and welcome to Don't Die Before You're Dead. I am Mary McCartney, your host, and this is the place where we talk about all things related to living the life we are meant to live. So how are you doing at that? Some days may be better than others. I know that's my case. Some days I'm on top of the world and other days I feel like I'm under the world, if that's a a possibility. And today my guest is a person who has really understood what it means to live the life she's meant to live. My guest is Jyoti Sharma, and she comes all the way from Goa, India. Now, Jody will tell us that that's not necessarily been her home forever, and that is one of the reasons why I invited her to come and share with us today, because Jody is a certified life coach, but she's not really one who's going to sit back and talk about textbook theory, textbook theories. Uh, Jody has a wealth of knowledge that has actually come from living the experience. So she knows what it means to be in the trenches and as a a businesswoman, as a wife and a mother and a a real go-getter. I welcome you, Jody, to the show today. And I'm so excited and I feel that we're really privileged to have you here. So welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you for such a lovely uh, introduction. I'm honored. Well, it's great to have you all the way from India. And um, like I said, you know, that hasn't been your home forever. Um, So tell us a little bit about what's brought you to this place in time. Yeah, so I think um, I'll get into the detail. But as you said, if I had to sum up my journey, uh, it has been about breaking free from the social and mental conditioning. You know, before we start talking, I was I was thinking about that. And like you said, you know, just this feeling of I know that I'm living in alignment with my truth. Uh, it's not always easy, uh, but I feel like that's the quest that I have been on. And uh, so I was born in India and uh, I was a teenager when we moved to Canada. So a typical immigrant story and you know coming from a middle class family Indian family they wanted me to be a doctor my parents whom I love so much um <laughs> and until I passed out you know dissecting a mouse in great 12. <laughs> so that was that that was that. <laughs> exactly exactly so clearly that wasn't working and I feel like I always knew that I wanted to do something to do with people and humans mm-hmm. and uh, so I got into uh, human resources or I chose to be in human resources back in the 90s and you know then it was corporate life got married had a child and I feel like as I've hit every milestone um, there's something that has stirred up inside me and the question of that's it. So when I became a mom, you know, and uh, I had everything going on, it still felt something is missing. And I feel like what was now that I look back, what was missing for me was a sense of purpose. You know, the job was great. Everything looked good on paper. And uh, so I decided to break that and uh, went on a soul searching journey and somebody yeah a lot yeah a a lot of people might recognize that there's some inner stirrings going on um you know maybe they'll pass it off as indigestion but there's a sense really where 
we really ought to be listening to that, to that inner calling, if you will. Um, do you think, I mean, in your experience, has it been that, you know, you meet up with people who know what that's like, but have chosen not to address it? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And sometimes it's so deep inside the layers it's buried in that it's hard to listen so, you know, I would say, if anything, you should always be listening to what's happening inside your body, not just inside your body, but when you're always feeling irritated or there, there are telltale signs, you know, when you're, when you're reacting too much or when you're just feeling the sense of misalignment, mm-hmm. I think that's the time to go uh, deep within. And I think for me as a woman, like I was saying, there was a milestone of becoming a mom. And now it's the milestone of, you know, I'm 44. So I'm hitting that menopausal kind of state. (laughs) So I Mm -hmm. feel like this is another, you know, my my kid is a teenager uh, or will be next year. So now I feel like I'm hitting another milestone. So there are others, there's more stirring up that is going on in that, how do I want to live the rest of my life? You know, that's a question that's constantly coming up for me. And, you know, I I lost my mom about uh, nine years back. She was only 59. Oh, very uh, young. Very young to breast cancer. And uh, oh, she was such a lively mm. woman. She loved to dance. She loved to act. And I feel like what her life and her passing away has taught me is that it is so temporary. You know, there's one thing to intellectually say that yeah you know you'll die one day but and and that's actually what I love about what you're doing is that yeah you know you're going to but to actually experience it and know it in your bones that you know what this is this is a joyride you've you've got the tickets and you better use it to the max and what that means is is living in alignment with what your what your heart desires um, you are quite young jyoti you have in my i mean i'm considerably older than you and and in my my uh, sphere of uh people i hang out with and connect with most are much older when they get that sense of waking up from mm. what you're saying, I get a sense almost of sort of a, an awakening that, you know, to listen to ourselves, that there's more that life has to offer. You mm-hmm. said you're 44. You you have experienced this earlier. I'm sorry to hear about your mom passing away. But it from that, you gained that sense of living fully while you can because we don't know so that awakening that happened in you and that consciousness of saying um what's next and Mm -hmm. i love how you connect it with your purpose so while all this was going on if i understand you were living in toronto at the time yes um actually we were living in calgary at the time oh okay and uh there was always this dream and vision of living in different parts of the world and so even though our son was eight years old, an opportunity came and we packed up and we moved to Denmark. Oh, that would be terrifying I mean, for so many. Oh, yeah. A lot of our <laughs> friends were like, are you sure? I mean, you don't speak the language. <laughs> and I, I think just just inside, we like I knew that this is the right thing to do. 
And, you know, that, that's what I wanted to experience and we wanted to experience as a family. So we did move to Copenhagen and amazing experience. And I think that's what I'm, every experience is just validating that. So then we were, we moved back to Toronto, but then it was like, we want to move to a warm place. We want to do something at the grassroots level, you know, for people who are not as privileged, uh, you know, as we are. And so we packed up our bags again and last year moved to India. And I feel like even being here uh, after being here one year, it's again getting validated that, yes, you've got to listen to what your heart is saying. And I know it's a cliched thing to, to say, but yeah, it is. It is just knowing when when you're in misalignment, you know, not ignoring those little signals. Right. I think the fact that we have cliches kind of disempowers them. They have existed mm. for years because of their truth, their yeah. their weight of importance. That's why they yeah. become cliches. But then it's so easy just to, you know, just toss them about like they're meaningless. And yet we really ought to give them more weight, give them a, a higher priority in our life. So what is it that you're doing now in Goa that, uh, you know, you're, you've mentioned to me about your son's adaptation as well, because this is all new yeah. for him, having gone at eight to Denmark, back to Toronto and now in Goa. So as as a family and, and as you're settling yeah. there, what's yeah. what's on your horizons these days? Yeah, so uh, I must say, though, as as uh, rosy and glamorous that story sounds, I mean, of course, there have been days when we are like, okay, are <laughs> we really doing done? this? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> are we doing the right thing? You know, yeah. especially like you mentioned, you know, uh, yeah, our son, he was so resistant to moving to India because he had this stereotype, whether through friends, media, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I feel like instead of getting bogged down by that, you know, that, oh, he doesn't want to move to India and we need to protect him. It was like, it kind of solidified our resolve, or especially my resolve. I'm like, this boy needs to get exposed to all, everything that makes up India, you know, and I'm glad we did. And today he is quite happy, you know, being here. He, of course, misses Christmas and Halloween just passed. So, you know, <laughs> he misses some of those. But instead of carving a pumpkin, we carved a papaya. I mean, oh. it's okay. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. So um, so right now, uh, what's on the horizon is uh, I feel like this thing about vision, this concept of vision. Uh, it's not like you create a vision and then that's it. I feel like it's such a dynamic, you know, thing. So what we had envisioned five years back, six years back, I feel like we're living that right now. And now it's evolving. Mm-hmm. So the vision is now to do something at the grassroots level. So I've already, uh, you know, created a woman's collective uh, that helps less privileged women um, earn with dignity. So instead of begging or, you know, doing things like that, so we've put up uh, events like that. I mean, that's been the most fulfilling thing. And uh, also, 
Yeah, and also we're looking uh, at creating opportunities for the rest of the world to explore Goa. Um, so we're, lots of ideas going on. And then, of course, you know, my work, which is around life coaching for women, um, you know, helping them break free from the mental and social conditioning. Um, so that is going on at various, uh, you know, programs and one-on-one coaching going on you mentioned you mentioned uh, last time we chatted you were mentioning about uh, you know a lady who was 52 and some of the challenges that she had to to work through mm-hmm. and just for those people who might be sitting you know I mean predominantly I think my uh, listeners are women and they're the ones that I'd like to reach out because sometimes yeah. we get like you t- you just said about the condition conditioning so we don't pay attention to the fact that actually there is an underlying expectation, if you will, that mm. keeps us, you know, putting one foot in front of the other day by day. And then all of a sudden it's kind of like, okay, we're so much older. And mm. like I said, you have, um, you have woken up so much earlier, but you have, you're working with women now and, and sharing with them about opportunities or visions or so this lady that you were telling me about you had quite the the conversation with her yes absolutely and and before I share about her I I would say again going back to my mom's experience she was 45 when we moved to Canada and she was my age and uh, you know it was the same thing with her so apart from moving from a new country, but I feel like as she was getting older, uh, it was becoming more about, uh, like she wasn't taking as much risk as as I wish she had. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And so I feel like now I'm on a mission to not have another woman's life wasted, you know? Oh. And, and, and what that means is doesn't matter what age you are, if there's a spark of a desire, you've—it uh, makes me emotional to say this. You, you've got to, you've got to fuel it. You know, yeah. not let age um, or any other uh, limitations come in your way. And so, uh, talking about this uh, 52-year-old brilliant woman, um, this was in Copenhagen. She hadn't worked for about seven, eight years because she was raising her daughters and her daughters were by that time now 20 20 years old, uh, you know, off to their lives. And uh, she was considering going back to work. So there was this little spark, but it was clouded by this lack of confidence, doubt, you know, who's going to hire me now? What's even the interview process Mm -hmm, now? mm -hmm. What is my resume going to look like and all of that? And I feel like so too uh, when we started talking and coaching, what came out is she was underselling her story to herself. I mean, there was so much power in her story. She did a lot of volunteer work, uh, which she wasn't giving enough value to, mm-hmm. um, you know, and just kind of the, the personal decisions also she made. I mean, it showed resilience, which all the employers these days are asking for, you know, absolutely. You know, these days the employers are not just asking for technical skills. They're more looking for attitude. They're more looking for character. I mean, and I can say this from my HR background also. So anyway, so now she is, uh, it's been two years now. She's uh, employed as uh, the, you know, the communications 
a lead for for a company for actually King County in Seattle. And uh, what a wonderful woman! I mean, just it just makes me so happy that mm-hmm. she's she's living, uh, you know, what she desired. And and the story is evolving for her now. She's mm-hmm. looking at the next step. You know, uh, how else she can contribute to the to the community and the world? Yeah. Oh, excellent. I know when I was a a high school teacher and in the early days with, you know, the teenagers and they're starting to build their resumes and putting together uh, what their skill set is. Same kind of situation there, Jyoti, that they fail to recognize the qualities that make up them as a human being and what they bring to the table as Mm -hmm. willing people, as, uh, you know, contributors to the organization as such, or the the, the family unit there at work. Um, Mm -hmm. I I see from that too, as you were saying, that it affects, you know, people at the other end, and primarily if it's the women who have stayed home, they're the ones that get impacted. But what about the woman who is getting to the place where she's done her job, she's done her mm. workplace time, uh, she's done yeah. her time served, if you will, and now we're looking to the time where, um, you know, she sees herself coming out of the workplace, getting into the retirement, and whether it's, you know, early retirement because of finances or staying till the end, and saying, okay, now I'm just going to sit back and, you know, I've built my nest egg, but there's mm-hmm. more to life than just spending what you've put aside. What about living, like not existing, yeah. but living? So what do you say to people that are, are, are just sitting around? Like my thing is don't wait, uh, don't die before you're dead. Um, there yeah. are people in their retirement years who don't find any purpose or they they don't seem to know what to do with themselves. Yeah, it's, um, you know, it's similar in the sense that I feel like it's such a privilege to be at that stage when you've gained so much experience, so much wisdom, not just professional, but also personal. Um, and I feel like if you, if there is that, I go back to that spark. If that question is coming in your heart that now what, and Mm -hmm. I want to do something, don't ignore it. You know, don't ignore it. I feel like that's the time to fuel it. So sometimes it's not easy to figure that out yourself. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's the time to um, reach out for help. Um, you know, a lot of some, some people can figure it out by watching YouTube or reading books. And that's okay. I couldn't find the answers myself. So I did, you know, uh, back 10 years back, I did hire myself a coach at that time. And that, that was life changing. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I just couldn't, I needed somebody who could, uh, you know, guide me in that sense. And I think, um, I feel like uh, all life is still temporary, it doesn't matter what age. Mm-hmm. Um, that's true you know it's it's hard to say I mean I could be gone tomorrow and I feel like it's for me it's the this belief that I want to juice out every single moment and every single day that I've got mm-hmm. if you know if it feels good to sit back relax and you know just do nothing and and that feels good and there is a sense of alignment and peace and joy in that by all means 
But if you're sitting and relaxing and there's this this question <laughs> of, oh my God, I I should be doing something. Then I I say that's your sign, that's your clue that you've got to look for that mm-hmm. um, answer. And I, I also feel like the moment you start fueling that spark, doesn't matter what age, the answers do start coming. Mm. Well, if you don't ask the questions, it's like um, we used to talk in the old days about what it was like if you went and bought a certain type of car. Say you went out and bought a yellow car. You never saw a yellow car until you bought one and then they're everywhere because all of a sudden now you're aware. So it's yeah. it's kind of the awareness that we were talking about earlier. Once you That's kind it. of wake up to the idea of that you're looking for opportunities. Now, you mentioned about the, yeah. the volunteering. So yeah. there are so many opportunities that people need uh, help and, and volunteering. I would yeah. like to see people kind of come out of their shells and maybe offer to help somebody else along the way. Do you find oh, yeah. that that has been helpful to to the people that you work with? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, to the people uh, who I work with and I would say personally for myself also, I mean, the Women's Collective is totally, I'm not earning anything out of that, but it's just that at the core, it's about, I've got, I've got some experience, some wisdom. And if I get to uh, share it with somebody, if I get to you, if somebody gets to use it, there's actually, that was, that's been one of the most fulfilling experiences for me. And, you know, talking about that, actually, so my, uh, my father-in-law is 72 years old. And, uh, you know, the thing is, your purpose or what, what fuels your fire doesn't have to be something, you know, esoteric or something so huge. For him, it's running full marathons. For wow, time. at 72. Yeah, 10 That's kilometers. Amazing. In the heat of Mumbai. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Can't imagine. <laughs> right, and and uh, I mean, and and I'm inspired by that. And then my mother-in-law is uh, 70, and she plays sitar. So she teaches kids how to play sitar because she's always played the instrument. Oh, excellent! And so I think just anything, finding anything, and you know, you know it when you found something and you're doing something, whether volunteer or not, when it feels could I, yeah. I I feel like just paying more attention to how it how it's feeling inside I think that's that's the biggest clue that you're well, on the right track or you're not so you, you you've spoken of that quite a bit so you know that yeah. sense of earning that calling that sense of looking for something beyond your current state how mm-hmm. would how would somebody start to Oh, investigate, let's say, like, Mm. how did you possibly get to the place where you thought, I think I'll go to India. I think we'll just pack up everything and we'll go there. There's a sense that there's something more and I can make a difference there. What kind of signs did you see in your life that would draw you there? Of course, you're always from there, so you probably have some connections already. But what, for people who are kind of thinking, what do signs (laughs) Uh, how do what do they look like how do they come what do you think they what should they be kind of thinking about them is that a weird question probably (laughs) no that's a great question I think that's a great question it's making me reflect also um 
I mean, the I think the the starting point was is is to have some sort of a vision, and what that means is you know daring to desire. So uh, for for me, it was daring to desire that yes, I want to live in a warm place. Yes, I want to you know I didn't know how that's going to happen. You know, five years, I had no clue how, I thought it would happen 20 years later or, you know, the, the, the normal conditioning that you've got to earn this much and you've got to retire before you go and all of that. I, I think what helped is putting those desires on paper. Okay. So, you know, what I, what I, for example, what I did is I just, uh, they, call, I'm, they call it vision board. So right. for me, it was just, I took my, our own photos, you know, when we went to Mexico, I put the photo of, you know, that it was the beach and then whatever. So I think it starts there, but then it's surrendering to that. Like I said, you know, we, we quickly start to uh, want to figure out that how, how am I going to make it happen? But mm-hmm. I think it's more about having the vision and then surrendering to it, letting it happen. and keeping eyes and ears open for opportunities. I know it sounds all woo-woo, but <laughs> it's, it's, it's almost, it's magical and it's amazing how opportunities and things start right. showing up. I mean, the fact that we are talking, I didn't design it, I didn't plan it, but I did have a desire to speak my truth. And I, I feel like this is such a great opportunity to share. And you know, it was, it was in my mind, but I didn't, I didn't plan for it. So it's well, just, <laughs> and I'm over here and I'm over here looking for people who have real stories to share because reading the books is wonderful. I do agree that the theory is important. It might be the baseline. It might be the starting, but the people who have actually live to tell about it the fact that yeah. you've gone out and you've done things and and you haven't sugarcoated it i mean it wasn't a hundred percent easy you know every no. single day you met challenges and i'm sure the the few days before you kind of put your son on the plane and away you went that there was some apprehension there for as a parent, oh, yeah. child you know trying to work through so the fact yeah. that i think that as we're looking and i'm looking to share the message i lost my husband about four years ago too young uh, not as young as your mom uh, but still too young and um, i don't i don't want to look around and see people that are going to be sitting really old wishing they had actually done things because if you quit mm-hmm. living at 70 and you don't die until your late 80s like, oh yeah. my gosh, all that wasted time. What you could do, maybe yeah. for yourself, maybe for other people. Could you share a few moments, if it's not too, um, if you can, a little bit more about the Women's Collective. What actually yes. are you able to do to empower them to, like you said, earn with dignity? I think that is so important. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it's, it happened quite organically. Again, it wasn't by design, it was just in the vision. And I was having uh, a conversation with one of these women on the beach. Um, you know, if you picture there's a beach and these poor women are selling, trying to sell necklaces. 
Mm-hmm. How, nobody hardly buys them. And so for me, I got curious about this particular woman's story. And the thing is, Goa is quite a vacation holiday kind of space, uh, place. And so a lot of tourists come here. A lot of foreigners come here. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we just started, you know, talking about, you know, what is it that you do? What, what could you do? And uh, we came up with this idea that we'll organize an event, women's only, uh, where these ladies would create an experience, almost an Indian wedding-like experience. So if you picture, uh, you know, it doesn't matter where in the world you're from, you walk into this, uh, this huge space, which we have decorated, and first you get to wear a sari. So these ladies would put on a sari so that you get into the attire, you get to have henna, and uh, we have folk dances, so not Bollywood dances, but folk dances. Mm-hmm. Uh, from Goa, kind of, you know, so creating that environment, can you imagine like all these women from different parts of the world dancing mm-hmm. and having fun? And it didn't matter what economic status you have. And so that in itself was empowering for everybody. And then, of course, it was a ticketed event. So mm-hmm. these ladies, there were 20 of them. Uh, they got to earn with dignity, you know, they got to, or they felt like, oh, I'm not begging and I'm not trying to sell, but I'm showcasing, you know, what mm-hmm. India has to offer, what I have to offer. So that was the idea. And we did quite a few events like that. Uh, I mean, of course, COVID has, uh, you know, put a, yes. put a Unfortunately, it has changed some things and uh, we're all trying yeah. to re- reinvent ways of doing things. So, yeah. yeah. And of course, that comes with the spirit within, too, that life yeah. throws these curves at us. So we don't yeah. see we don't see some of the things that we're called to deal with. But if we've already got a true spirit of. Uh, resiliency, overcoming, facing yeah. challenges. Um, yeah. COVID definitely is a is right up there with one of the biggest we've had to face in in my lifetime, anyway. But looking mm-hmm. and saying, okay, um, how could, how we overcome things is so important. Fear yeah. can take such a stronghold of us that it it kind of keeps us safe in that those expectations, yeah. those regular. Uh, everyday stories that we we see on TV that are portrayed about how life is supposed to be. And, you know, we want to break through and say, really, apart from the legal aspects, there are no rules. We don't have to stay living where we are for 40 years. We don't have to uh, engage in the same people all the time that the world has become a much smaller place now, as you have seen. You have experience and now you've given that gift to your son to be able to get out and experience things and and bust through some of that stereotypical uh thinking so the people who say i would really like to do something jody but what if what if this happens what if that happens and maybe i'm a little bit afraid yeah what can they do that would be maybe the first step to busting through some of those limitations that they've allowed fear to impose Hmm. 
I, I feel like the first thing is to acknowledge them, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 being able to dissect the noise from the actual wisdom that is trying to come through. So, for example, uh, you know, when when we did decide to move to India, it did come as an insight or whatever. But it's not like. Uh, Oh, in a flash of a moment, we were like, okay, we're moving, you know, no, <laughs> it didn't happen like that. You know, yeah. you, you, you would, you would then dissect all the fears and the noise with, hmm, maybe, maybe, you know, we talked to a few people, uh, our contacts in India and kind of do the calculations, also find out, um, you know, uh, what is it like? What, what, what do we need to anticipate? So it's not from coming from a place of fear, but it's mm-hmm. coming from a place of uh, empowering ourselves with information. So I think that's always uh, the difference. So you can, I think you can differentiate between the voice that makes you shrink. So there's that fearful, you mm-hmm. know, what if this, what if that, versus there is, yeah, I'm going to find facts. You know, yeah. for example, if it's yeah. volunteering or in, for example, my father-in-law's case, it's, it's full, full marathon. Well, at my age, what is it that I need to be aware of? You know, mm-hmm. are, are there things that I need? That's, that's different. You know, that's like preparing in a more empowered way. Um, so I, I, that's what I would suggest. So exchange the fear with knowledge with information. Yes. So rather than just accepting what your head might be telling you, which could be wrong information yes. to defeat the fear with actually going out. And that's why it's so wonderful that you're on the show today is because you're able to say, you know, it was hard, but it's worth it. So yes. I'm talking to a very active quite content woman here who has bitten off a huge challenge, but obviously just looking at you, we can say it's worth it. You gained. Yeah. What, what have you gained by what you've done, Jody? What have you gained? Hmm. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's big question, a big eh? <laughs> it is a big question. I think it probably goes back to what I was saying initially It's the validation is the validation. You know, I've learned to have faith. You know, there's been so many moments, you know, so many moments in the last one year and even throughout life where it's like we were talking about, you know, am I, are we doing the right thing? Mm-hmm. You know, um, and, you know, finances and all of that. There's a lot of noise, but yeah. it, it just feels like there is, there's just a pride in, you know, knowing that I am living in alignment with my truth, mm-hmm. that I'm not, I'm not somehow deceiving myself or compromising or, you know, you, you said it, there's a contentment, yeah. you know, it's not easy, no. but there's a contentment. Yeah. Well, they say you know, that anything worth having you know, you work for it, right? It's, you can't be afraid of the work. It all takes work, right? So 
you know, you can either take the risks and you said yeah. yourself that you kind of wished your mom had risked more. I wonder if mm. she felt that way. And I know a lot of people yeah. that I've talked to, one of my sons actually worked in a long-term care facility and he spoke yeah. with a lot of the residents there. And many of them, as we know, it's, it's well known that, you know, many of them wish they had done things differently. You know, we make jokes mm-hmm. about, you know, no one says they wish they spent more time at the office, you know. But the reality is there are seniors, there are aged people who live with a lot of regrets, who would wish they'd done things differently. And wouldn't it be nice to encourage people to project themselves in the future and think about what it is that they would maybe miss out on and then do it? Yes, absolutely. I feel like they'll miss out on and what the world would miss out on if they don't share. Oh, I feel like, point. you know, in so many uh, ancient traditions, older women were seen as the, the carriers of uh, wisdom. So you would consult, you would, you know, mm-hmm. almost worship them, you know, and I feel like it's, it's, such a shame if all that wisdom doesn't get shared i mean i feel like i have so much to learn uh you know from from the experience and the wisdom so please do share it and don't hold it back <laughs> me too me too jody and i think it'll be until the end of time for us that we will continue hopefully to be in a learning mode Somebody yes. said to me quite some time ago, as you know, that I, I've gone, I, I live in the speaker's world. And I remember one of my colleagues making a point one time about, you know, you really are being selfish when you keep that to yourself. And it really struck me. And I'm thinking all the people that have worked so many years and have learned yes. so much, just like what you've said. And they're mm-hmm. keeping it to themselves. So you're right. Yeah. We need to encourage them to step out of their, um, their what? Their complacency, if you will, or their, their feeling the that self-imposed. they're not wanted anymore. Yes, exactly. All the self-imposed limitations. Yes. Uh, because a lot of them are self-imposed. And I, I, I can fully empathize because I feel like the world needs to treat older people uh what they deserve with the respect they deserve with the um the value that they deserve so i i totally empathize but i feel like we need more role models we need more 60 year old models 70 year old models 80 year old models you know who are setting that example yes uh, and 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 it doesn't mean that you have to do something huge i mean what whatever it is yes. whatever it is yes Yes, you're absolutely right. And I, you know, Jody, I'm so thankful you mentioned your father-in-law because sometimes it's easy to speak in generalities and people think that it needs to be grandiose, that I'm not up to doing anything that important, but it doesn't have to be the role model. I mean, as a teacher, one of the things I thought was so important is that we need to show, we can't just tell, we need to show, we need to live our truth. And so, I mean, if you are a senior person, if you're moving on or whatever, if you're living your truth and you're out there and you're living and you're staying active and you're doing what what your purpose is for you at that time, then that's the best that anybody could could want. So 
That sounds like mm-hmm. a good note to end on, Jody. Is there, you know, how can people get in touch with you? You you have tons of wisdom to share. You've got experiential knowledge. You've been such a delight to have here. How can people yeah. get in touch with you for you know to, mm-hmm. to know more? Maybe even know more about your collect your women's collective. And I is that any kind of fundraising that you do for that enterprise? Yes, we did. We just finished the fundraising. Uh, We're now looking for ideas to maybe use technology or other ways, Mm -hmm. um, you know, to keep the collective going. Uh, But uh, so I do have a website, um, you know, that that kind of gives a glimpse of who I am, what I do and all of that. And Uh, what is it? It's called MagniWoman.com. So it's short for Magnificent Woman magniwoman.com okay excellent um we'll hope that people will go in and check it out and look forward to seeing more about what you are doing and thank you so much i think you know your conversation your story it's an inspirational story and i hope people will tune in and listen uh it will be going live today i will send you the the links for it i will be posting it on my facebook pages And thank you so much for taking the time. Bless you. Bless the work that you are doing in Goa. And I really appreciate it. So thanks again. And Jody, just in closing here, I'd like to remind people, again, I'm Mary McCartney, and this is Don't Die Before You're Dead. And our challenge, Jody's and mine today, is to dare to live the life you were meant to live. Mm -hmm. Take care now. Until next time. Thank you.